podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there, my name is Miles Jupp, cricket fan, and together with my co-host Mark Wood, actual cricket man, we invite you to listen to Middle Please Umpire, a new cricket podcast containing the two of us banging on and sounding off together about cricket and quite possibly all manner of other things, while lifting the lid on Mark's life as an international cricketer. And as if that wasn't enough, we shall be welcoming some great guests along the way and chatting to them about life on and off the playing field as they spill the beans, drop some truth bombs and see if they can withstand the scrutiny of our brutal interrogations. Middle Please Umpire is available right now from all your favourite podcast providers. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. Um, Psychic Josh is not with us today. He's otherwise engaged. That's all I'm saying about that. But um, hopefully he'll reveal all next week. It's nothing bad. It's all good. Um, but we are. I am joined by one of the greatest guests in Footballistically Arsenal history. Comedian, writer, actor, Tom Rosenthal. Mm. I mean, literally, literally none of those at the moment. I, I have, I have very little faith in my ability to uh, hold a conversation. To be honest, I've not really had one of them for quite a few weeks. So. <laughs> really, this is a test. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm having quite an isolated lockdown. You know, one of those kind of very safe, of course. Yeah. Um, but just quite lonely. So uh, really... forgive me if I just, you know start talking to you about all my private feelings that aren't at all to do with Arsenal. Go like, for it. Go for it. This is literally oh, just you and your, you, you at home. Well, I do have a girlfriend. And also I went back, I've recently had knee surgery. So over Christmas, I went back home to my parents and just sort of sat on a bed for weeks while they bought me food, uh, as my leg sort of healed. Um, uh, but it's not a life, you know, I've not been living a life and I've, gone just steadily insane really so any yeah. sort of normality like talking about arsenal might um oh good like i just say you know i hope i hope that uh, i don't come across as crazy as i feel <laughs> i hope you do um, <laughs> <laughs> you did you amused me um earlier today on twitter by complaining about your um your uh, wikipedia profile yeah, photo exactly that is the level that i'm at now yeah um, I'm sprawling the internet looking for any trace of me that I can become neurotic <laughs> and anxious about. My photo on Wikipedia is absolutely horrible. Like, I don't, I'm not a particularly subconscious person, but I just, I look very greasy and I look like I've just been crying or something. I don't know why they picked that one. It is, and, it is a remarkable photo. Um, the process to upload a photo to Wikipedia is extremely complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I was just praying that any of my followers could could change it. Apparently they can't, and then they've just been uploading stuff like I've just died in Wuhan and stuff. They're not able to help me at all. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, if you anyone listen to this knows how to work Wikipedia, please just change my photo to anything else. Yeah, it's unfortunate, it has to be said. You are quite sweaty. You likened (laughs) a hungover olive with a perm. (laughs) Yeah, man, I look really greasy, you know. I look really good. What can I say? It doesn't matter. Have you got a photo on Wikipedia? No, I haven't got a Wikipedia page. My... um... My um, uh, namesake. There's a, there's a history professor called Boyd Hilton, who's like in his like he's quite an old guy in his sixties seventies, and he's got a Wikipedia page. But and it's a kind of weird amalgam of me and him, as if we're one person. So, <laughs> Check over, uh, out. Like, what the last time I looked, anyway, it may be uh, it may be different now. Oh yeah, he's an esteemed British historian. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not. Um, <laughs> who uh, yeah used to edit heat. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's very confusing. The, have you seen the big new breaking news tonight, though, Tom? Well, the um, the ask, the, it's Meza Özil who's doing a Q and A as we speak. Yeah. In fact, I'm grateful to you for tearing yourself away from it. Um, it's doing a Q and A on Twitter, which I'm, I'm calling his farewell Q and A because um, he may be out of here. And he's he was asked what his his fav, his best Arsenal eleven was. I think yeah. it was like the first question. And he picked Ospina in golf. Okay, well, boy, look, you know I'm always defending Mesut Ozil. And the actual question that he was asked was, what is your top Arsenal level? Right? Not, not your best. So I think he's just basically picked a bunch of his mates rather than necessarily picking the, the top 11. Um, my favourite thing about it is obviously picking Serge Nabry, who was never good for Arsenal. And yeah. it's just that's basically just bantering the club, yeah. uh, saying, why did you sell that bloke? 
Um, but yeah, I mean, he's put Klassen actually left back, which is clearly not a footballing decision, is it? That's famously, yeah. he's he's not in the team for footballing reasons, to coin a phrase that we've been hearing quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're uh, right. Yeah, because Klassen actually helped him out, didn't he, when they were being robbed? At yeah, exactly. some point, was it? I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's fair enough. Otherwise, he's um, he has said, this is interesting. He was asked, did you ever enjoy playing for Arsenal? Um, yeah. Someone asked him, which was a bit, bit harsh and he says of course there have been many ups and downs so far but all in all I've never regretted my decision to join Arsenal and to be honest the last couple of games before the corona break in February March 2020 made really a lot fun I've enjoyed that time a lot I'm not I'm I'm just reading them out reading out I've enjoyed that time a lot and I thought we're really on a very positive way but after the break things unfortunately changed ominously yeah yeah I mean so you won't be you won't be happy to see that when he, when he's gone. If he goes to Fenerbahce or or America or whatever, you'll be you'll be sad, will you? I'm getting a Fenerbahce shirt without doubt. <laughs> I'll be wearing that to the first game I'm back in. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone's sad about it, aren't they? It's a it's a horrible situation. Um, yeah. And we just gave him a contract that we shouldn't have done, and then Arteta has clearly felt that he's kind of like whatever, like a poisonous personality and sort of it depends how much of a conspiracy theory you want to make about the China comments um, I personally do like to make a conspiracy theory about yeah, that yeah yeah I mean I, 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 the, the, okay so like I understand there's like a, a variety of opinions about Arteta um, but uh, for me I, I lost quite a lot of respect for him when he was just clearly lying in interviews which he has done a little bit recently especially during our like bad patch yeah. when he started going off on one of, on the statistics but also when he was saying that Mezzet's not in a team for bubbling reasons it's just a, it's just a lie um, which is I think been proven by the fact that when Anil Smith-Rowe comes into the team and just stands in remotely the same position as that Mezzet Ozil stands in it completely revolutionised the way we play football like it it it, it, there was clearly something else going on, and I think it's just been it's been sort of poisonous for everyone. Obviously, Mezzet's got this kind of character that is he's a quite outspoken as well, and it's just uh, it's just not good for the club having someone who who can't manage this guy. Now, I, I understand there has been like a history of managers that couldn't couldn't really manage him once he'd got, and and even you know I was watching Ramsey uh, talking about Wenger used to have to give him loads of extra days off and stuff, and they, they, he clearly needs money coddling. But if you've seen that. Uh, Chicago Bulls documentary about the yeah. way in which they treat Dennis Rodman. Like, I think, I think basically if you have a player who, who can help the team, it's down to the manager to be able to kind of manage that team. I think probably Wenger understood that more than Emery and Arteta. Um, but, but, so it's, it's, it's kind of a mess. And I think obviously best for the club if Mesut leaves. Um, but I, I, and I saw, I almost sort of support both of them in their stance really, because Arteta mm. clearly has a way of going forward where he thinks he's going to be conducive to a better team atmosphere. Um, and, and Mezzet signed a contract, wants to play for the club, and you know, has been treated by any stretch of the imagination quite quite poorly. Um, so they're just kind of both quite proud about it. And and I, I honestly, I just I love Mezzet even more going on Twitter and doing these like sarcastic tweets. I just think this guy's perfect. He's like, <laughs> I, I, it's like, he's so funny when he was doing those. Like he was a social media manager for a bit. It's just great. He was. He was. Yeah. <laughs> when we were losing, he was social media manager. Then when we started to win again, he completely pinned us off. Yeah. And oh, stopped- I'll tell you. And I'll tell you another reason I'm annoyed about Arteta, right? Is that today, or yesterday, at the press conference, they go, are you going to watch Mesut Ozil's Q&A? Yeah. And Arteta went, I've oh, not yeah. got Twitter. It's like, why the hell have I been following you then, Arteta? I've just got, got 1.5 million followers, mate. You got, you don't even have it. Yeah, you Give me some of your followers. That's an absolute disgrace. Yeah. Well, to be fair, last week tweeted yeah. him and won the FA Cup. He goes a bit quiet and we go a bit shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't but, have Come on, mate. Surely, surely though, with, with Ozil, isn't there, isn't there the case that I mean, he, when when Wenger was managing him, and even then there were times that there were loads of games where he was where he just did not show up. And then by the time it got through got through the last few managers, who've all had issues with him, surely by the time it then came to, I mean, he was decent, he was all right, wasn't he? When Arteta brought him back for the first, in those games, but he wasn't exactly setting the world alight. He's definitely a player in decline, isn't he? I think. Yes. I mean, I just think. Yes. And isn't Emil Smith Rowe? It's very hard. It's hard to make that judgment. We literally haven't watched him play football for a bit. But you'd imagine he's in decline. And yeah, obviously his performances were better at the start of his Arsenal career. But my point is, he, he's just the sort of player that would uh, 
fill the the gaps like playing between the lines that Emil Smith Rowe is. So the, the fact is, even an Urzil in like massive decline, Urzil with his eyes shut is better than the players that we had trying to fill that role oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. in the first half of the season. I, I just think like. However, it's transpired. Arsenal, by you know, well, not not playing Neil Smith Rowe at the start of the season, or by ostracising Özil, just had this horrific run where we could all see we were playing a tactic that was extremely limiting because of the players that we had on the pitch, and so we just came this weird sort of wing back crossing to no one because there was nothing going through the middle because we had El Nenny and Jacker who, who don't who don't have the same. Um, well, they, they, they Jacker has the passing range, but but. Ozil's spatial awareness, which is what Emil Smith Rowe has, his first touch and his ability to then turn either way, pass either way, pass all directions. We just had no one like that, yeah. and it completely yeah. ruined Arsenal as an attacking threat. And I just think, what you really hope that it was worth it because Arteta was trying to get this, you know, team atmosphere or trying to get old players to buy in. It's like we watched a really, and you know, the season's essentially kind of gone now because of that first half. Uh, it's in the league anyway, and you think was it was it worth it? Maybe, maybe it is in the long run, and that's clearly what Arteta was thinking. But he's been completely uh, saved, it was a mess. He? Yeah, he's been completely saved, Arteta, hasn't he? By Emil Smith Rowe. I mean, I don't think you can. I think it's hard to overestimate. I think that's the right word I'm looking for. The extent to which his accidental situation with Emil Smith Rowe, because remember, he only came in the team because William was had COVID or was had COVID contact with other people, so wasn't available. I don't think he would have picked Emil Smith Rowe for that Chelsea game if it hadn't been for that. And he's completely rescued him, hasn't he? Like the single, almost single-handedly, that moment when he was picked and he played brilliantly in that game. And ever since he's been brilliant. And he came on and kind of rescued us in the cup game of the weekend because until the until he came on we were pretty shit we'd reverted to the shitness that we'd been in the bad period when we lost all those games yeah i mean you, you can't know if he wasn't going to pick him but you're, you're quite right in that he wasn't picking him at the start of the season when he had you know him available and it, i suppose he might just not have realized how much of a difference a player like that would make i mean i think i don't know i was a massive Urzel fan uh and obviously, you know, in, in the summer, we were looking at buying like Uwer or whatever, however you pronounce it. He clearly recognised the need for a player like that. And then with Party getting injured, it was, it was just so like, we just had no midfielder who looked like a threat in the final third or something. And um, you'd think maybe he would have turned to ESR a bit earlier. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I actually made money on us. Uh, I put a bit on us to go down <laughs> at half time. <laughs> Against Burnley, it was so bad. I put thirty five thousand us wow. to go down, and then wow. we then lost all his run. I ended up cashing out for about one hundred and fifty quid. We went three and a half against Chelsea, but it was like that. That's how bad, like both me and Paddy Power thought Arsenal were playing. And you just think <laughs> like, <laughs> that is a bad indication. In that period, in that period when we were absolutely terrible, I mean, it was shocking, wasn't it? It, it feels like a different. It feels like a different era to me already, because because. Well, although we were reminded of it, I think in in that in that Newcastle game we were pretty poor, you know, not quite as bad as we were back then. But how against Arteta were you Arteta out? Were you, had you decided really that you'd rather be gone at that point, or were you no, being no, patient? I, I, I never thought that. Simply because, I mean, obviously after Emery, we all, all kind of realised we needed a long-term project. Um, Arteta, you know, clearly like a very good coach, and he's very like highly regarded at all so you, you, you sense that the buy-in never went from the players what what I actually really liked about watching those games when we were terrible was that what you could see is that players were like extremely committed to a tactical system that wasn't working and that's actually quite funny like it was almost like a sort of post-modern kind of football where the goal wasn't to try and score goals it was <laughs> and I, I found it really interesting and like yeah. it was a sort of work of art and then when, when Arteta said something like you know we had more crosses than them yeah. As if that was the, you, you just think, is this guy taking the piss? <laughs> is it has he gone mad? But like, he, 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 you know, I think he did go mad sort of, for a bit. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that's not necessarily bad. He's got that sort of Guardiola esque like commitment to the tactic, um, which uh, is quite funny to watch when it's going badly. I mean, uh, maybe, maybe not funny for pure Arsenal fans, but it's like a football. As a football fan, you're like, this is just really intriguing. Mm. Uh, and the fact is that the players were all doing their jobs and simply with sort of one part of the puzzle that was missing being implemented. Now it's all kind of working almost, you know, perfectly against West Brom. Like that was just yeah. absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, so 
I was never Arteta out. What I do think is quite clear is that they probably shouldn't have made him the manager. I think that was a weird call that everyone at the time was like, okay then. And it's put an extra responsibility on his shoulders. And it seems to have shouldered us with, you know, the worst player that we'd uh, ever bought. Brilliant. I really don't know what, I mean, are we allowed to sell him this quick? Is that is there is there a law against that? Is it I like don't think there's money? any official law against it. The only thing in the way is I don't think it's ever happened. Does it? it would be unprecedented. I don't think they can do it almost like because it's too embarrassing. Yeah, and I think that is something that Arteta has sort of seemingly suffered with, and that it is just quite yeah. embarrassing not to blame. But then again. I mean, uh, the Urza situation is extremely embarrassing. And it, it's just, the only thing is, is that Arteta <laughs> wasn't the one to say, I really need Urza in my team. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, I'm fascinated to see, like, if, if we can... It's, uh, a, it's, it's, it's a conundrum, isn't it? Yeah, with, uh, with William, because we're paying him reportedly 250000 a week. He's, he's a big name. He's a famous player. He's a big signing. And apparently, it was, as you say, it was Arteta who wanted him. And he's been an absolute disaster... And so what can he do? Like, well, He has to play him quite regularly, doesn't he? Like, yeah, still? Yeah, there was something quite interesting I read in The Athletic a while ago about um, how a lot of Williams' good contributions for Chelsea came um, on the sort of counter-attack. Like, he's mm. a kind of player that is, is sort of um, thrives in transition. And, you know, Arsenal, we, we don't really play like that. Like, we're much more of a sort of, like, pass-them-to-death kind of team. And so without that, like, fast counter-attacking tactic William just looks a little bit dead because he can't he can't really beat a player uh the way that he used to and he just seems like such a passenger and it's just bizarre like he's really I don't know he's taking up a space where we could be having a a, you know a young player developing or a player that's contributing anything on the pitch and uh, I just really hope that we can find a place for him where he doesn't suck uh yeah, it's partly he's being played. He's been, he's not being played in where he played for Chelsea. Chelsea, he was an out on that winger, wasn't he? Most of the time, I'm pretty sure. And um, you know, he's no, played no, on the no. other side. Oh, yeah. Popping free kicks in for fun. That's all I remember. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really watch. Much I mean, football in Arsenal, but <laughs> no, not do I. Not <laughs> do I. Dead ball delivery. Yeah, his dead ball delivery has been terrible. His corners and free kicks are diabolical, aren't they? Like people <laughs> had to go at Pepe for that, but he's a worse. He's absolutely worse. Can I just, did you see what, I don't know if you follow Jeff Arsenal, who's a regular on the podcast. Oh, um, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jeff said today about William, yes, he's underperformed, but cut the guy a bit of slack. New club, new surroundings. He's struggling at the moment, but I do believe he'll play his way back into it. It's not his fault the club offered him all that money. That's done. Let's support him rather than bash him. What do you say to that? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I, I mean, I have a rule about never tweeting anything critical about anything because you know, as someone who like makes TV or, you know, I get a lot of abuse anyway. <laughs> so yeah. you don't want to be, I don't want to contribute to the negative like Twitter sphere, but I did do a tweet about, I was really glad that William was hanging out with someone with COVID or whatever. Like <laughs> I, I, I feel like William's the one person I make the excuse for. I, I don't know. I don't know why that is. I just, it, it, it seems to have no redeeming features for me. It doesn't seem to put the F in. It seems to not get it. And when he went to Dubai, I suppose that was when I was like, Oh, right. So you don't care. You actually yeah. just don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I I want to have sympathy with. I, and I really, I really, obviously, everyone wants him to perform well. But I, I just think it's. I'd rather see him sold. I, I'd rather see us Urzil or that guy. I think I did a tweet about him saying something dodgy about China. Actually, that's what I thought. I hope. I hope William comes out fiercely supporting the uh, Uyghur Muslims. That's what I hope. So we can castigate him out of the team. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate what Jeff Jeff Austin's trying to say and everything. And, and in theory, I, I just think, yeah, it's. I feel like. It's an overused word, but I feel like he's been gaslighting us and that and that um, the Dubai trip and just his ambling around. I mean, just everything. Yeah, it's just infuriating. I think if, if we can't slag off, if we can't slag off um, William, then who can you slag off? There has to be, you know, you have to be able to as a supporter when you're seeing in front of your eyes, this player, as you say, wasting a space. It's like he's con- mm. it's like he's he's sapping. I feel like he saps energy from the team and saps pace. Yeah. And. That that the transformation again, banging on about it when Will Smith Rowe came on, and it, I mean he actually was taken off, wasn't he? After that, um, in his second substitution, but still, just just it's just 
unbelievable the difference it makes not having not having him on the pitch. It's it's I'm intrigued as to how Arteta's going to handle it because Emil Smith Rowe is really young. So he, you know, I had this thing with Josh last week where I was like, I think Emil Smith Rowe will get more game time for the rest of this season than Willian. I just think he has to, yeah. doesn't he? But well, if, if if you're looking at yeah the performances in the last month, you definitely say so. I mean. That we're also being linked with, you know, Zaha or players who uh, are we still players like Zaha? In, in the sort of yeah, I think people are like mentioning which, which would just be like a complete like a replacement for William, almost like already accepting that this guy is is being a failure, um, and, and and obviously they're looking at buying another sort of central attacking midfielder, which is the other place where you could possibly put William in. Uh, I, I'm I'm sort of. I'm really dumbfounded. I can't remember a time when we bought someone to be one of our stars who has just been so uh, anemic, really. And, I, and I'm very curious to see. And the, the sad thing is, obviously, it's just as what everyone talks about. It's kind of another failure of our recruitment. We have this quite inexperienced recruitment team, and there's all these like conspiracy theories that it's all about Keo Jaramchian and you know him just getting a payday. And I was, to be fair, I was quite scared about that being the case with that um, Pablo Mari guy. He looked like yeah. he was just sort of bung deal, right? But then he's actually been incredible the last. Yeah, month. he's been great, hasn't he? Yeah, he's like one of the massive flushes that we seem to have actually got a cheap centre back. Who, I mean, yeah, he did a few things against Newcastle, which were really class. So maybe those conspiracy theories will go away slightly, but I mean, William just—it's I, I, a complete mystery. I just don't know what you do. You can't—we can't afford to play him into form. There's just no easy games in the Premier League anymore. No. And then no. we, we, we want to win the FA Cup. We want to win the Europa League. So uh, what do you do? Yeah. What yeah. do you do? I, we have to try and sell it. It's, we do. <laughs> I agree. It's, we we should, but I don't think they will. I don't think Arteta can face that humiliation. It's such a—it's such a kind of. I think he's gonna. I think. He has to play. Emil Smith-Rowe has to be... The, 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 we know now, don't we, the best team, which is Saka, Emil Smith-Rowe, um, Tierney, you know, um, either, you know, Aubameyang or Martinelli. Martinelli was cruelly injured in the warm-up, obviously, as we know. I think Lacazette is now in our best team because when he came on, he made a difference. Mm. That kind of attacking lineup. And unfortunately, it means, I think, that for Pepe, it's an issue for Pepe because I don't think he gets picked in that first team now at all, does he? Like, no, and I don't no, think he no, was good but... enough... The, you, I mean, the, at least Pepe is like, he looks like a football player. Like, I know. I, oh, I mean, I mean. He's not like 72 million, but like yeah. he's, he, he can beat players. He's an excellent dribbler. Like he's a physical presence. He's like fast. Like he, he's yeah. doing stuff. You think, oh, this person might be good. Yeah. William, and honestly, he, just like you or me standing there, doing some step overs. William also looks a lot better in the first five minutes of the game. And he just looks tired. Like, what is, <laughs> is he really 32? Is he actually 42? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, I also, I think quite interesting you say you know the best team I think the one place we don't really know our best team is just our, is our centre midfielders as well like yeah. obviously you haven't seen, really seen party play he probably is I mean he, he's got to be our best centre midfielder because the rest is sort of quite limited but then who do you play alongside him well, like, we, Jacques, we haven't Jacques really is, seen do you th I thought Xhaka when he came on against Newcastle was excellent like that I mean I think he'd been pretty good hadn't he but then he yeah, really yeah but the game where party absolutely bossed it against Man United it was because he was with El Nenny yeah, I know. So, and I, I mean, and Jacker, you know, <laughs> I thought, I mean, we had years going. Like, well, Jacker's been good in the last three games. Then, then we go, well, Jacker was absolutely awful. And he's, he's mad, you know, it's clearly one of his massive weaknesses is sort of like his mentality is just quite bizarre. It's like his strength is his weakness. He's like a kind of Greek fable, isn't he, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he looks great sometimes, and then he just looks insane and he doesn't, doesn't really apologize. He just comes back. I just, I just don't think you could build a team around someone who's like that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what, where it seems we're going to buy is a new centre attacking midfielder, so just to sort of support Emil Smith Rowe, uh, and that's quite exciting, really. Because yeah. if we have like Smith Rowe and someone else in that place, then hopefully we won't go back to the start of the season when we literally just couldn't pass through the final third in the yeah. middle of the match. I'm slightly worried that they're going to see the Emil Smith Rowe situation and think, oh, we don't have to buy that player now, and that, you know, even though. Uh, I can't imagine that. Doesn't he get hurt quite a lot, Smith Rowe? Yeah, that's what people have said. But he seems pretty. He seems pretty solid to me, like a solid, you also, know, well-built young man. If we don't, if we're not playing Ozil, then like we, I mean, Sabios as they tried him there didn't work. I'd quite like to see Maitland Niles in the sort of ten position. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. He, he seems like such a good footballer, and he just got quite underused. Yeah, and like he, he has that sort of uh, calmness uh, on the ball, and that kind of like laconic uh, 
skill and decision making ability that you just think you need someone. You don't. You, I don't know. I just. I just got quite like to give, give him a go there. Um, yeah. He doesn't really seem to get enough of a go. No. To give. To, I was thinking though, to give Arteta some credit. He has now. Now that he's got Saka on the other on the on the on the playing on the other side, you know, in the kind of Pepe position. And yeah. or Bamiang on the other side, and you know someone else through the middle, either Lacazette or Martinelli or whoever, and Emil Smith Rowe behind them. That I feel he that he has done that. He has like you know, I mean now, I, I, Saka is so incredible now, isn't he? I think like again yeah. when he came on in that Newcastle game, just transformative, just everything. The energy goes up massively. Sure, and I mean I, I was thinking like if there's ever been a young player who's big, had like as good a decision making and like technical ability in it. And I could, it's only Cesc Fabregas in my time watching Arsenal that I could compare in terms of a kid who comes into a team and looks like he's, he just makes so few mistakes. It's, it's like, it's like someone's playing FIFA with what he does. He's control and his dribbling and stuff. And then he just seems to pick the right choice so many times. So it doesn't, it doesn't really compute uh, like he's so young. Uh, which again is the only, Fabregas is the only other one I could think of really. Um, it's just yes. so rare, and the fact yeah. he's English, uh, it just it's brilliant. Yeah, just, yeah. And the fact that we, we snapped him up, we got him to sign a new contract. That's a pretty massive. Like I know our recruitment is is is. Yeah, don't, don't you think he's so friendly though? I yeah, he seems like a lovely guy. Us to be like, no, give me another hundred k. I'm just like, he's yeah. not. He's so <laughs> yeah. nice. He's lovely. He's, he's, he's from, like nice family. Yeah, yeah I, it's lovely that guy. Apart from when he tried to claim that goal, he meant he did not. He did not mean that goal. That was a complete mistake. Was oh, like, really? Yeah. You're in that controversial because the commentator yeah, he never meant that. He never. Who was it? The match. The the uh, BBC One commentator was very firm on that as well. Oh, oh it was um, thingy, wasn't it? The um, the pundit on um, who was it? Uh, oh, it was Danny annoyed. Murphy. On Danny was, Murphy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Furious, yeah. furious that he claimed it. <laughs> he no, I liked it. It's funny, cheeky. Um, but, uh, he was always going to claim it, wasn't he? I can't work out who I love more now. Saka, who I, as, for all the reasons you say, seems like such a sweet guy. Incre- Tierney, though, a- absolute hero as well. And playing so brilliantly, like attacking-wise. I know there's, there's, there's yeah, you know, some question actually, marks. You, you know how you don't like, you don't, I don't like making predictions. Yeah. Uh, but when that West Brom game, uh, when it was like, it was, it was snowing loads. Like, before the game started, I tweeted, oh, it's snowing, give Tierney man of the match already. <laughs> And then he goes and scores like goal of the season. Yeah, he, got that, he busted. Yeah, he seems like a good a good egg, isn't he? Nice little egg. To be fair, my favourite player is probably Maitland-Niles actually, just because of his general demeanour. When he scored that penalty against Liverpool in the in the shootout, and it was just like so painfully relaxed. I was like, this guy, he's he's, he doesn't, he, he does not give a shit. I just yeah. I love it. Yeah, he's <laughs> loose, it. isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's very, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I love. It. But I like t- the Tierney thing's interesting because his whole this whole thing about you know wearing the sh- t-shirt and the and the shorts and not wearing any tights or in that <laughs> yeah in the Tesco bag it's all quite kind of, it's borderline macho isn't it but I don't think it is I think it's just like trying to be kind of normal and Scottish he's just Scottish yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know I, they're just uh, raised in you know these freezing temperatures and it harms them up like uh, I'd hate to play football in Scotland. <laughs> it's, it's never warm there. Um, it is never warm. Yeah, I mean it's classic fullback. That's why they're a country of fullbacks, aren't they? Really? Yeah. I don't want to generalise too much about Scotland, but uh, they really are good at producing world-class fullbacks. Well, they've got the left backs even just at the moment. Yeah. 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 Um, what do you think? What did you? What do you think of the game, the, the Newcastle game? Did you think? You know, I mean, I think in the end, like the BBC commentators went on about how boring it was and how what a terrible match it was. I didn't even think it was that bad. I thought, you know, it was better than most of those games we played in when we were on the losing streak in the I league. Think what, I don't know. I, I think <laughs> you watch it as an Arsenal fan, you just sort of knew what was going to happen. Like we, I, I do think that before the subs happened. We played very much like we played in that previous period when we had problems that were sort of easily identifiable. And then when our manager identified them, the game completely changed. <laughs> and it's it, what I think is, again, quite interesting about watching Arsenal right now is there's such a disparity between what is clearly our first team and clearly our second team. And uh, almost any fan, I mean, I appreciate these podcasts are full of fans who think they know what should be done and, you know, just sort of more on the basis on which the podcast uh, built. 
But like, I think this this time more than any other time I can think of, like the problems of this team were so obvious and they've been fixed, and now it just. It, it, what, what, our problems have been off the pitch rather than on the pitch because yeah. we haven't had we've had poor recruitment and we have gaps in our squad we haven't really filled and all this weird stuff but, but the team uh, is now functioning I think not not at all like how Arteta wants us to function at the end I think I think he envisions an Arsenal team with as you know he said it in an interview like six different players like this is only half a team this is we, we're not really what he wants yes. us to be but like you can you can see the massive progress that we've made. You can see it in that Newcastle game. It was just like, okay, we'll bring on the players. They're going to win it now, and then we just completely changed it. And um, I think that there's there's a real question mark over Aubameyang at the moment. I I mean, to my eye, he seems to just be a yard slower, and that means he he's gone from an eighty million pound player to a sort of thirty million pound player. I really hope it's not that. I I don't know what else it could be, and him getting a goal against Newcastle, it could be massive. You know, I think. Uh, the, the thing, the, I suppose some strikers you look at and you go, oh, they're a confident striker, they need confidence. I don't really think that's the case with Abameyang. I think he's always been world class, and I just think that he might not be anymore. Uh, oh, that's quite worrying. Uh, but don't you well, think, when, yeah. if you look at the chances he's missed, like he, he missed, um, I mean, even against Newcastle, there are a couple of moments when he had like runs on goal and, and his decision making was a bit off. That he, I felt like there were goal, there were opportunities. There were chances he would have scored, you know, a few months ago when when it was normal or bad, yeah. and they didn't seem to be a pace issue. I felt, I felt, I think there is a confidence thing. I think even he, I think even yeah, he has. I, confidence I, I mean, I really hope so. I mean, only time will tell. I really wish that they released that. You know, like every uh, month they do like speed tests at Arsenal, and they do yes. like you know. Yeah. I just, I just love to see that. There was one time it was like Socrates was the fastest in the club or something. He was yeah, like, right. yeah. Are you serious? I wonder whether Aubameyang is getting slower because obviously so much of his game is closer than that. But you, but you, are, yeah, you're completely right. I mean, I, some some chances he used to put away, he had absolutely no right to put away. And if he can just get back to half of that, then he'll, you know, yeah. be a massive asset. But Arteta just can't really drop him, can he? No, no, he can't. No, I think I, I don't, and I think I think that goal. I do think that goal. I know it's the ultimate cliche of the, you know, he needed that goal. He needed that tap in goal. But I do think those things yeah. make a huge amount of difference. And I, you know, I think the fact that we've gone off form him. And we've got, and he stumbled upon, as I say, this this kind of attacking lineup that is working brilliantly. I think I think that I, I'm now kind of wildly optimistic about the about the rest of the season. Where, you know, I, a month ago I was verging on being Arteta out. I, you know, I was like definitely like he's. I think his flaws were being exposed. If we lost, if we lost those four games that I was sort of hoping that we'd lose, just for my bet, um, he would have to get sacked. He would have to get sacked, right? But, he would have done, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, isn't it? I mean, that is probably the sweetest thing about this season so far is that beating Chelsea has kind of started their utter yes. rot and decline. Yes. And it was us that did it when we were on yes, this beautiful. awful, awful yeah. run. Yeah. And all the Man United fans saying, "Sorry, we lost to this Arsenal team. How did how did they beat us? And we're just league, and they are losing know. every single game. So we, we have chosen some pretty funny games to be good in. Shame we're just absolutely terrible against Tottenham, but." Uh, and humiliating Big Sam as well in that in that next game. I mean, you know, poor Big Sam. I mean, what a job! They were so bad, weren't they? Yeah, it's taking the piss, man. That poor right back. I don't know who it was, but yeah, like that is so. That was that was like you happened in the playground, man. I, I couldn't believe that. Um, it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, but other good. There's other good news, isn't there? Because like today, early this morning, um, there was news that Rob Holding is going to sign a new contract. I think Rob Holding's also done really well. Like you know, he's he's just solid, isn't it? I think he's a solid. I think he's he's like a. I think he's got good old fashioned qualities to him. You know, and he's not the most amazing player, but I do think if him and Mari. Exactly. We, 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 you say, oh, he's an unremarkable defender. It's like, that's good. Yeah, like, that's we, great for us. We yeah. have had some very remarkably bad defensive yeah. performances in, where people make, like, Twitter threads of Mustafi's, like, absolute howlers. You're like, yeah, yeah Mustafi was good sometimes, but he also did this. So can we just have somebody who's, like, average, like, just absolutely average, yeah, and no exactly. one really notices they're there? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, Marion Holding, I'm pretty happy when I see them lining up now, to be Same. fair. Yeah. Although Louise, I thought Louise was had a really good game against Newcastle. Those those balls he launches over the top. Just, those long. Yeah. Balls. I mean, it is such a privilege to watch him pass, man. And if that guy is just. I've, well, I've never seen a centre back with that sort of passing range, and it's just really exciting. I mean, 
yeah, you don't, I don't really want my defenders to be exciting. If I'm honest, like no, I think yeah. if you pick like your best 11, you don't go for the most exciting center backs. You go for the best defenders. But having said that, I mean, that's why we got him cheap. That's why he played for us. And I just think he's lovely to watch, man. Like some of his come sometimes stepping through the middle of the pitch and picking out players is, uh, is awesome really. Yeah. So, but I mean, I don't know. They were saying that him and William were trying to get Arteta sacked. Do you know, do you know how true yeah. that was? Yeah, that was that, a I mean, story at one point. Yeah. yeah. Imagine Arteta. Like, <laughs> William, William, I know. To get yeah. Are you serious? I know. I know. It's sick, isn't <laughs> we'll it? We'll give you 250k for three yeah. years. It'd be completely my decision. <laughs> but then you can get me sacked. Yeah, well, I'm fine. What a moment. Play. Yeah, what an idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We'll take a quick break now. We'll, after the break, we'll be back with, and I'm going to force Tom to do some predictions, which he loves, uh, Fan X2 Games. And also, I've got an update on the Mez Ozil uh, Twitter Q&A. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean... And more Steve McQueen. Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at Cooler dot bike or find them on instagram with hashtag cooler king bike cooler dot bike e-bikes that are cool af and we're back from the break um i'm with uh, the great tom rosenthal we're talking about um the current loss situation and Mesut Ozil is doing a live Q&A as we speak on Monday uh, at 7.38pm, Monday the 11th of January. And he's just been asked um, about um, Emil Smith-Rowe, your views on Emil Smith-Rowe. And he says he made the difference in the last couple, couple of games as a number 10, really happy for him, and that he showed that playing with a number 10 can still make sense in today's football. <sighs> well, yeah, I mean, I sort of agree, really. Uh I suppose the way in which Meza used to play number 10 is the thing that he's come into criticism for to yeah. some extent, which was that when the team had the ball, he didn't really have to get it back. Because <laughs> I think Emil Smith-Rowe doesn't really subscribe to that mode of playing number 10. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that's basically what I was screaming at the television for the first half of the season. Yeah. Like just, just someone in there who fills those spaces, completely opens defences up, and it allows the players around them to actually thrive. And I, I swear, you know, if we'd stuck Meza in there, even if he's in decline and he was trying 50%, we wouldn't have had those terrible string of results because we would have actually scored some goals. We've got like the fourth best defence in the league this year, apparently. Yeah. yeah we that, we yeah. just haven't worked as an attacking unit. And so yeah. I, I swear, I mean, I whatever, whatever, they don't get on and it's finished now, but Ergo should have been playing. There was that one game, wasn't there? Was there one or two games even when um, William was in the number 10? He kind of tried him in a number 10. It was um, it was even worse than he was. Yeah, I, I mean, I quite like that idea, to be honest. It sounded good. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think like, that position is obviously, you need you need that Bergkamp vision of um, understanding where the players are on the pitch with your eyes closed. You know, it's like, it's, it's a, it was a revered position, you know, through the 90s for a reason. Like, it's the most difficult one in terms of, it's like a, you know, chess player who kind of, uh, whatever, sees moves ahead. And literally, Burkham talked about it in his book, how he would, like, take snapshots. And that's why you see players like Fabregas or Ozil. What they do most of the time is they're either moving or looking around. You know, it's a, it's a very, very difficult position to play. And it's what Emil Smith-Rowe does. Like, he's always yeah. checking out around him and he asks for it and he moves. And, and Williams, just, you know, whatever, whatever reason, he spent his life, you know, taking free kicks and trying to beat people and get crosses in. He just, he, he just doesn't have that skill set. No. And, uh, Mill Smith Rowe's speed of thought is incredible, isn't it? That, 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 that contrast is, it's unbelievable. Really. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's game changing. It's just really great that we do have him. Uh, yeah. Apparently we weren't playing him at the start of the year. Oh yeah, indeed. In other good season. news, apparently party is going to be, is going to play some part in the game on Thursday against, um, against who we play. Yes. That would be, uh, yeah. Good. Uh, Southampton. Another... No, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace yeah. on Thursday. Um, I mean, one of the worst 
parts of the season, I think, when uh, Arteta was sort of shoving him back on the pitch. Yeah. He got, got him injured by allowing him to play. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, and then obviously the fact that our star player wants to just walk off the pitch when they're, the Tottenham are about to score. So it's just, it, I, I mean, I, I, I think that was that the, local, wasn't the, it? the desperation at the club as well. And I, I think party was desperate to play. They shouldn't have let him play. You know, it's all, it's all led by him. I'm, whenever, whenever you hear like a physical decision has been led by the player, you think that's stupid. Like when I tore my cruciates, I went, I tried to get back on the pitch and then your leg doesn't work. It's just, and I'm just playing for dynamo gobbler. I just want to try and get a goal against some fat bloke from a pub. You know, it's the, every footballer wants to play. Don't listen to them. No. If you yeah. watch that Tottenham documentary as well, you know, every, every time they're just like, let me play, let me play, let yeah. me play. Like, no, shut yeah. up. You know, you're not a doctor. You don't know anything. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just sit yeah. back down on your bench. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a real shame. But I mean, one thing you would say that's good about parties before we, <laughs> before we destroyed him, he did look good. He looked really good before we destroyed him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think uh, yeah. we've done the same with Martinelli? Like his his injury pre-game, that's worrying. Although the news today is he might it might might be better than we think. Yeah. I watched some doctor uh, on YouTube today. He was analysing the one. You see that? He no. Say, uh, what a random yeah, doctor. Yeah, a random doctor on YouTube. Basically, he watches people get injured and he tells you what's happened to them. That's and he amazing. Says, his ankle twisted in, uh, and the fact that um, he walked off the pitch suggests that it's not uh, a fracture. It, okay. it, it could be ligament damage, but uh, the fact that he was weight-bearing after the game as well when he was talking to people suggested it's not like bad ligament damage. So probably be like between two and four weeks at worst is what is what he said. And he's on YouTube, and he never, so he won't know. <laughs> he must know. He must be right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they said today uh, in the press conference um, that he's going to have a scan tomorrow, right? I'm like, why, are they, why do they have to wait to give him a scan? Why can't they give him the scan? You know, what's that all about? I don't understand. Uh, that is interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I guess... Uh, Maybe there's some corona regulations. They're very expensive scans, you know. I actually annoyed oh, before my latest surgery. I got rid of my health insurance. So I mean, I don't know why. I, do you have health insurance? No, I don't know. No. Yeah, well, you know, that, got... I, I, that's why I thought. I thought, why the hell would you have health insurance? But then, like a month later, I had to have knee surgery. So basically, maybe they're not getting a scan because it's quite pricey. When they say scan, <laughs> they well, what do they? They don't mean like X-ray. Well, like, what's wrong with that? No, well, it will. It will be a. Uh, oh, what do you call it? The uh, MRI. Yeah, that's it. Because right. yeah. um, I've got uh, a broken arm at the moment. I don't know if you machine. know. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah, so I had. It's yeah. I broke my um, humor- did humerus. They, did they scan that? They no. They just X-rayed it relentlessly, and maybe they did MRI. Oh yeah, I went to A and E. That's just yeah. a bone, isn't it? Whereas what they'll be checking for is ligament damage on right, the body, which okay. is uh, soft tissue and therefore needs okay. some uh, magnetic right. whatever. Okay, so they're really expensive. Was your knee a footballing injury? Yeah, initially, yeah. So I've torn my cruciate twice playing football, but basically the second reconstruction just failed because oh, they gave me a ligament from a dead guy and, and that just sort of rotted away in my oh, knee. So. Fuck. <laughs> like Cazorla. So You're a, like the Cazorla of... Um, yeah, yeah. What's your team called again? <laughs> well, they've disbanded. I've been injured for so long they've stopped <laughs> playing. God. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you were the talisman. They can't carry on without you. Absolutely. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, I think I, I went to the same surgical place that Van Dyke got his surgery done. So I'm on a similar trajectory to him. Oh, wow. Uh, and oh, hopefully okay. we'll get back, get back to the same level. Okay. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. What do you think about, uh, that's what I meant to ask, players like Willock, right, who played, and Reese Nelson, yeah. who played against Newcastle. And yeah. We're having have the greatest. In my WhatsApp, really. You know, you've got, I mean, you've got to get rid of one, maybe two, of Willock, Nelson and Ketia. Uh, yeah. I personally I, just don't rate Nelson. I've never seen him do anything in an Arsenal shirt. That no. apart from when you see highlights of the under twenty three and he's scoring hat tricks and stuff, like he, 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 I don't, I don't really know what he's exceptional at. I think his decision making is seemingly really poor. Yeah. Uh, he's quite fast, quite a good dribbler, but he kind of looks like physically, he just doesn't really seem like he's got anything particularly exceptional. Even like Iwobi, when we had him, he was like. His physical presence was massive, and he beat players. And yeah. He made bad decisions, but he'd just do stuff. Whereas Nelson just seems to fade away. Um, Willock is like clearly remarkable in the amount of ground that he covers, and he actually does have an impact on games. Like, I, I don't really know another Arsenal player compared to him. He's maybe a bit like Ray Parler, or whatever. He just like his, his strength in just is, is the amount of running he does. And I, I know when we played Real Madrid in that preseason friendly, Zidane said he was like the standout player. And I think that there are games where Willock could, you know, the Europa League sometimes actually looked 
like one yeah. of the best players on the pitch. But yeah. his decision making is not elite. I don't, I'm not sure his technique is elite, really. No, um, I agree. And and Ketia, I really just in the best case scenario is that we, we sort of mould him into Lacazette, you know, and that, that he can bulk up a little bit and that he can work on his yeah. whole. Because he's clearly he has to bulk up a lot, though, wouldn't he? I mean, he's nothing. This is a problem. This is a problem. Like he's an amazing finisher. He's the sort of player that would work great in an old style four four two, playing with Niall Quinn or something. Uh, and you just wonder whether there is even a place in a modern Premier League team for a player like that. There wasn't a place for him at Leeds. Like it, yeah. they're they're clearly going for someone up top who's just more physical. And you think most teams are doing that now, really? So. I, I, my, my honest hope for Enketia is that we just basically <laughs> fill him full of meat for two years. <laughs> he, he becomes stocky and then yeah. he can play a bit like Lacazette. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, personally, yeah, I'd be getting rid of Nelson and I'm, I quite like Willock and Enketia personally, but I will say if we could get a really good cent, um, at, you know, number 10 for the money that we could generate by selling Willock and Nelson or Willock and Enketia, we should definitely do that as well. It's just a Yeah, I agree. A shame. I, I think, I think I, I'm the same in my WhatsApp group. Like, you know, people have, are, aren't happy when I when I say I'd, I'd, I'd happily see Niketia and Willock go in the sense that I think I, I don't I don't see them as being like reg, absolute first team choices for Arsenal for a, quite a long time. I mean, Niketia kind of was, wasn't he, for, for a period. But to what to, to, to what great oh, if Martinelli is coming back. You know, there's just no comparison, is there? You're going to have Martinelli or Bamiyang and Lacazette, I think, ahead of him. For quite a while, and I don't. Yeah. Willock, well, Willock. My thing, the thing with Willock is I don't understand what he's. Is he a central midfielder? Like he played in the central midfield well, against he, Newcastle. He, he is a, a ten. I mean, he. he yeah, he, he's right. But, but he's actually but defensively minded ten, which is the kind of player that Arteta seems to love. The kind of player that you know, if you do follow the footballing reasons narrative, is why he will not play Özil because Willock covers loads of ground and, and, and does actually get the ball back quite a lot. And, but he's also a goal-scoring threat. Um, the thing that he doesn't have that is is the thing that Emil Smith Rowe and Ozil yeah. have, which is that like sixth sense for the game of football and the ability to a have an incredible like touch, so it, it's always secure. But then obviously just see the play and play the ball. He doesn't link play. He he he's sort of like a defensive forward almost, um, which which is definitely useful to have, especially in like big away games against teams when we're, yeah. they're better than us. Like yeah. I, I, I really like Willock as a squad player. Um, in a way, I mean Nelson's just a nothing player for me. Yeah, so, I agree but, with that. Yeah, and I'd rather have Willock in that it, it, as a backup ten than Willian, for example. So any day of the week. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah and yeah. there's other breaking news, Tom. Have you seen the FA Cup draws happened? And um, they've they've done this thing where they do the fourth round and the fifth round both. So we've drawn Southampton or Shrewsbury Town away in the <laughs> in the fourth round draw. So you right. presume that's going to be Southampton, who we're playing in like next week, aren't we? So we're playing Newcastle twice and Southampton twice, in theory, if that yeah. happens. And then in the fifth round, it's it's going to be um, Shirley or Wolves if why we beat them. Like this, what? What's I know. I don't know why they've done it. It's fucking annoying, isn't it? Regulations. Yeah, but in theory, <laughs> we could be playing Shirley in about five weeks' time. Uh, well, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, Reaction. Like- my reaction is that you uh, offended people from Southampton and, and Shrewsbury by, by mispronouncing both of those places. Is it Shrewsbury? Out. What did they well, say? I, I did a tour show and I called it Shrewsbury and they were not happy with that. So now I know to call it Shrewsbury. Did I pronounce, mispronounce Southampton? You, you said Southampton. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone would be upset at that from Southampton. No one's ever... That's not something they would get annoyed about it. No. You clearly just misspoke. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, well, I'm, I'm not how many listeners we have from Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury, but please, you know, message in. Let uh, me know. Uh, yeah, apologies, apologies in advance. Um, uh, uh, the big... I, might, oh, I don't know. what the, Is there a reaction? It's fine, isn't it? You avoid the big teams. And Southampton are quite good, aren't Southampton they? are really good, though. Southampton are really good, yeah. yeah. Away as well. Playing them, and but the big the big tie of the round is Man U v Liverpool. That's the that's uh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's really good. Um, has Mesut said anything else in this breaking news podcast? Um, good good point. I think he has. Yeah, he's asked about Wenger, and he just said, you know, very special total respect for. I mean, nothing nothing particularly interesting. Um, and then people uh, singing songs about him and him liking it. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Do you Should think I ask he? Him a question now? Go on, if you are. Go uh, on. There we are. Question. Uh, Don't do ask you about Erdogan. 
What have you do? Do you listen to footballistically <laughs> Arsenal? Fancy Thanks. coming on? I know Boyd. Brilliant. Well done. Right. See what he, he may not. He may not, because I said, I tweeted slightly snarkily that I wasn't going to join in the Q&A because I've got a Brady Sinellis podcast to listen to. Brady Sinellis, you listen to his podcast. His, his new podcast is four hours long. Sorry, who? Brady Sinellis, the author, you know, the author of... Um, oh, sorry, I thought you were saying Mezzet's got a podcast. I was like, how do I know about this? No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay anything for that podcast. He's so enigmatic. All he does is trying to sell you merchandise. Very enigmatic, isn't he? Yeah, he's got his 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 coffee shop, his coffee business is called the Thirty Nine Steps. Why? <laughs> Why is it called that? Q, we were doing jokes on the WhatsApp about you know that's thirty eight steps more than he made in most games he played for. Oh, that's that's a that's a bollocks narrative. I will not have it. I've fed up a podcast and said that doesn't run. He runs loads. Like, what was this podcast you're talking about? <laughs> Don't worry, forget it. Brady Stanellis has <laughs> done a four hour podcast. Um, right. Nothing to do with football, though. All right, it's reached that point. It's reached the point where we should do predictions. So we're playing Crystal Palace on Thursday. Yeah. At home. What do you reckon, Tom? You're an expert. Your your betting is what done very well. Your uh, your gambling situation. I'm not encouraging gambling or anything, but. Um, yeah. No. Uh, oh, I don't know. I hate this part. Uh, Arsenal playing Crystal Palace. It will be four 0 to Crystal Palace. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Shut up. They're a good side. Roy is going to go for the jugular. He's easy. Zaha. Zaha. Yeah. Okay. Score against us. Okay. Four no, nil for I'll you. Carry I'll go four 0 to Palace. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go three one to us. And then probably, I think we'll have to be back next Tuesday because we play on Monday night as well against Newcastle, a, a, a rematch from the Cup game, Monday night, 8 o'clock. I mean, we have to beat them again, don't we? Uh, surely. Well, uh, you hope so, but I'm going to go 9 nil. <laughs> I, I, they've, got, they've, got, they've got a big result in them. <laughs> your hatred of the prediction section. Tom, it's the only <laughs> thing that separates this podcast from the 59 other Arsenal podcasts out there. <laughs> <laughs> I should go on them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they'd be delighted. Um, okay, I'm going to say 2-1 to us. I think we'll scrape through. Tom, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you so much for um, watching you going around in your spinny chair in yeah. your in your shirt room. Football uh, shirt room has been a delight. Uh, um, listeners, Tom is in a... We appreciate it. Yeah, he's in a lovely room with his Arsenal shirts on a rail. Seems to be the only thing in that room. Uh, oh, there's a lot of weird shirts. I've got like a Morocco flag as well. I, yeah, I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess. What can I say? If, if anyone's got any uh, old Arsenal shirts, I will buy them off you. <laughs> Final message. I've got like weird names on the back. I've got like a Danielson, got a Bentner, got a Diaby. Like, I'm, I just love to collect the sort of uh, odd shirts that people have bought. The less, so if the anyone's less got a non legendary shirt. Names. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ray, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, um, Williams, absolutely not. <laughs> that's, that's too too soon. <laughs> that's it. That's the perfect way to end this podcast. Thank you so much, Tom. Um, and uh, we'll be back. Hopefully, Josh will be back. I think next week, next Tuesday, and uh, uh, we'll see you all then. Cheers. Bye. This is a playback media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.